This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my favorite practice squad call-up running back who has to replace your RB1 this week, Stephen Glendo. How you doing? I've seen better days. It's mm-hmm. I, I'm. I think we talk about this all the time. You know, we're always texting back and forth regarding football, and um, I don't know what's going on with these injuries. Like mm-hmm. this year, it just feels like like nobody can stay healthy, and uh, you know, it's obviously not you know the fault of the player, but it's like what is what is going on this year? You know, we're losing people to ankle sprains, and you know, hamstrings is a big one. You know, uh, knees, you know, concussions, like it's a little bit of everything this week. So, um, obviously we should get right to it, you know, since some people are going to be missing or going to be very questionable. Do you feel, uh, that these running backs and wide receivers did not drink enough water before the season started? Nah, man. Like, oh, okay. these are like top tier, you know, players, like, <laughs> All they're drinking is water, you know, if I had to guess. <laughs> has, has, someone, has someone ever, I think I've said this to you before, has someone ever told you, like, when you have a headache or something, just drink some water? <laughs> it's funny you say that because that's the first thing I tell my wife when she tells me she has a headache. I'm like, well, did you drink water today? You know, because usually that's, you know, that's the first, that's the right. easiest solution is drink more water. Yeah. But um, I think you called this one in the off season. Um, this one's not too big of a surprise, but Joe Burrow and his calf. Um, mm-hmm. you called it in an earlier episode that it was going to linger on into the season and that that's why you were very iffy with, you know, drafting Burrow at the ADP that he was being drafted. How, how does that make you feel knowing that, like, it seems to be an issue and it's, you know, it's it's starting to show? As someone who's now podcasting about fantasy football and someone who still owns fantasy football teams, I'd rather be wrong about my takes but be right about my team, if that makes sense. Like right now, I feel like I'm wrong about my team, but I'm right about a lot of the takes I've take I've had on this podcast. Like so far, I'm like, oh yeah, that that's it. that that proves me right. But who cares? My fantasy football team sucks right now. So so I get uh yeah. Like I I kind of I don't know. Like when you're watching the game, do you feel like you see it? Like he's playing in pain or anything? It doesn't look like he's pain, playing in pain, but he just he doesn't he looks off. Like he's not planning. Like it seems like he's planning his leg. He's looks like the Joe Burrow of old. Like he's not running as much. Maybe he's not moving in the pocket as much. But I don't feel like that's the skill set necessarily that set him apart from other quarterbacks. It's the fact that he could sling it down the field and catch one of these elite wide receivers. And yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I'm, a, I'm, I did not think he was going to be this bad. I thought he would struggle. I thought what well, the separation between the other quarterbacks on the ADP was just like, you know, he might be he might miss some games. I did not think the performance was going to necessarily be bad. But I thought he might miss some games and then maybe coming back from a missed game or something like he might you know throw one of those like 14 point fantasy weeks and you know like you should be aiming for about 20 from your quarterback every week or so. That should be the goal. So I know he would like throw a couple fourteen point games this season, but so far he's been he's been bad, and I don't mean bad as in like he's he's a terrible quarterback, just as in like expectations were a lot higher than this. And even me, like on a previous episode, I was like, ah, I don't know, I don't know if I'll draft Joe Burrow, but there was moments when we were drafting 
this this uh, this offseason, I was like, oh, I if Joe Burrow's there, I'm going to take him. And I guess like you know, I I didn't, and I'm grateful for that at this point. But who knows? Maybe he'll turn it around. It is talent wise one of the best offenses in the league. So at some point, you would think they're going to trade around. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, you know, they started off 0-2 last year, so they're usually, you know, a slow starting, slow starting team and they, they pick it up, you know, towards, towards the, the back end of the, of the first half. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they turn around here in this next week. They are playing the, uh, Los Angeles Rams, mm-hmm. your Los Angeles Rams, which, um, I think, you know, they should be able to put up some points against them. So hopefully this is, you know, a get-right game for Burrow, a get-right game for Jamar Chase, a get-right game for Mixon. Although Mixon hasn't been bad, but, um, you know, you're, you're looking for that, you know, 14, 15 points from, you know, your running back one. I, I consider Mixon a low-end running back one, high-end running back two. Um, he, I mean, he gets the volume to be a running back one. You know, mm-hmm. and there's not really a lot of competition. I don't know who the second is there in that backfield. So um, hopefully this is a get-right game for them. I mean, the, the Rams have surprisingly looked better than everybody thought they would. Right. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes for, for the, the Bengals there. Uh, moving down here, the injury list, we got Saquon Barkley, who at the end of uh, the fourth quarter there, basically almost the end of the game, uh, I think it was one of the last drives to take the lead. It was the last drive to take the lead, I believe. Um, Saquon Barkley twisted his ankle. It, it looked pretty bad. He um, had to be helped off the field by trainers. Um, but come to find out, like they say, you know, this is the the Giants updating, the Giants medical staff and the coach updating um, the media, saying that, you know, it's an ordinary ankle sprain. I don't know what that means because, like, every <laughs> ankle sprain is different. But I guess it's just one of those, you know, <laughs> uh, ordinary ankle sprains for an unordinary person. So um, he hasn't been he hasn't been declared out as of the recording of this podcast. So hopefully when this comes out Wednesday morning, uh, it's still you know undetermined um, if he's playing or not. But as of you know this recording, he he hasn't been officially ruled out for Thursday night football. My me personally, I don't think he's going to play. It mm. would be dumb for them to to try to get him to play. They are playing the Forty ers so obviously it would be great if he could play um, for the team, but. If he doesn't uh, play, uh, how do you feel about Matt Breida, you know, in lieu of Saquon Barkley? I would probably say if you're 50-50 on any Giants player this week, just just don't do it. Like, I don't, I wouldn't. That's what everybody said about the Rams players, and look at how they did. Yeah, that was two weeks ago. Now we've all changed our minds, right? <laughs> so, so, no, so. I'm saying, I'm saying nobody thought to start Kyron uh, Williams or right, Puka right. last week against the the Niners. Yeah. And I, I had you know, Puka, they, and I was like, you know, what, I'm going to, yeah, yeah, but I, I just don't know if there's enough offensive weapons to offset the the giant situation. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to go out there and have the best game of his season. He, I think he's already had it. I think if you have Daniel Jones, he, he already reached his peak against the Cardinals. If I'm being honest, I Brita is going to get the volume. Like, I just don't know if there's going to be enough four to five yard rushes to make up for the fact that they're already going to be down by like 15 points in the first quarter. So, 
so since we're on the topic here, right? We saw we saw the Giants get basically manhandled mm-hmm. in Week One versus the Cowboys, and it, you know if you had to put it up there, like the Cowboys defense and the Niners defense and the Jets defense, like those are like top five defenses there. Um, do you think that this is going to be another uh, Sunday Night Football matchup for the Giants? I don't know if it's going to be like a forty nothing game. I do expect the Giants to put some kind of points on the board, but I wouldn't. Be the weather surpri- should be nice. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a couple field goals and a touchdown, though. Like you're getting like one of those thirty-five to thirteen kind of games. Like I, I don't. I just. I don't. If you have quality running backs on your team already. I wouldn't play Matt Breed on a Thursday and then set in stone one of your running back position scores. I just wouldn't set it in stone. Like, yeah, they might get close enough on the goal line that they just get Matt Breed a free touchdown and all of a sudden you have 10 points, you know, from Matt Breed because he got another 30 something yards, you know, and he caught a couple passes or something. But I, I, I really do think it's going to be like a very stressful double digit performance by Matt Breed if you, if you have to play him. And yeah, uh, but, but if you're like, for example, there's plenty of injuries here at the running back position. There's plenty of players who are not playing. Jonathan Taylor is not playing, you know, like if you have Matt Breida and he's one of your best options, because you know, for sure he's going to get the volume, then yeah, go for it. But if you do have a quality RB one and RB two, then like stash him on your bench, but save him for a better matchup. Yeah, if he was picked up from the waivers, if you know, if you picked him up, I, I agree with you. Like, I'd rather see a 15, 16 point Matt Breida game on my bench mm-hmm. than to stress out and hope that Matt Breida can have a 15, 16 point, you know, game right. in my lineup. So I think this week he's a fade. Um, mm-hmm. But if you do have him, obviously stash him because you don't know. Like, you know, we don't know the extent of the absence of Barkley. So unless you have Darren Waller, I think like it, I would say if you have Giants players, I, and I feel like if you have Daniel Jones as your quarterback, you probably have another one, or there's another some there's somebody else on the waivers. Like I understand Superflex, you might have him, right? But I, I'm We're just talking like, 12, 12 team, ten team. You know, yeah. just redraft standard league. I, I would say take your Thursday night off. You know, just don't think about football unless you have a 49ers player who's about to go off. If you have Giants players, just take the night off. Go do something else. Go go look at the stars. You know, get a good dinner somewhere. Like you don't have to worry about fantasy football that day if you have Giants players. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I can tell you right now, the Niners are going to feast. <laughs> yes, Christian I, McCaffrey is going to feast. Uh, this might be a game where you can start Brock Purdy. Debo Samuel is going to feast. You know, George Kittle. You know, yeah. He might even end up in the end zone. Like this is going to be, I feel like a lopsided. You know, the, 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 so like for example, I have a fancy football team that has Lamar Jackson, who now is currently dealing with a stinger in his hand, and I have Brock Purdy on my bench, and there is like a voice in the back of my head who's like you want to get cute and start Brock Purdy instead of Lamar Jackson <laughs> but um, I don't think I'm going to do it unless I hear something about Lamar Jackson's hand but yeah well you got you know you got some time but um, moving on again down this injury filled list we have Austin Eckler who was dealing with it, also an ankle injury which kept him out of week two um Coach Staley has not given a 
update on whether he's going to play or not. Right now it's up in the air. He says he's not sure. I mean, like that guy's not sure of a lot of things, but um, Eckler is questionable, you know, for this week. So obviously plan for that. But I think the biggest elephant in the room regarding injuries is uh, running back Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Mm -hmm. Browns, who went down Monday night with a a pretty gnarly knee injury. Um, It sucks because I I think Nick Chubb is one of the guys, you know, one of the running backs in the league. Whether I have him or not, like, I'm always rooting for Nick Chubb. Like, Mm -hmm. he just, his running style, like, he's no BS. And he's not just, you know he's not just north and south like power runner like he can make moves make guys miss i think you know he leads the in yardage after contact like he averages over five yards a carry like i think up into like when he got hurt he had 10 carries for 64 yards you know that's averaging like six yards a carry like this guy is a solid football player in real life and obviously a solid option in fantasy and man does it suck that you know he he you know got injured and he's going to be out for the season and who knows like this might be a career ending injury yeah. which you know makes I was gonna, me really sad <laughs> like, I was going to ask you I was going to ask you cuz like, me and you have drafted Nick Chubb plenty of times in the last several years he's been playing do you feel like he's played his last football game like at his age with this injury like I think he might attempt to come back but I don't know if it's going to be as successful as he has been for sure you know, obviously, like we we can't tell the future, but I hope I hope he does. You know, attempt mm-hmm. to make a comeback. We don't know the extent of the injury, other than that it was serious and season ending. Um, he's going to have surgery on that left knee of his, and um, you know, I, I'm wishing him a speedy recovery, and you know, I'm sending a prayer that he is able to, um, you know, come back from this and. Um, even if he's not the Nick Chubb of old, just to come back and 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 you know play in the NFL, like that's a big accomplishment in itself. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like it's just I'm really bummed, you know, as not only like a fantasy player, but you know, as a fan and just as a human being, like that guy, like he was just down to earth. Like you never, you never really saw like him talking smack or any of that. Like he was just a hard worker, and you know, he got he got shit done basically so mm-hmm. shout out to nick chubb you know hope you know hoping for the best hoping for a speedy recovery and um hopefully we'll see you on the football field again absolutely uh, but obviously with that injury comes who's going to be in the backfield now mm-hmm. um and you know coach stefanski basically said that uh um oh Jerome my god yeah, Jerome Ford. I don't know why I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> Jerome Ford. I have Chubb in a league too, and like I was, I was trying to uh, get Jerome Ford from the guy that had him. Um, and you know, I'm gonna go on a quick rant real quick, okay? Because <laughs> and I know this person listens to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he listens to the podcast. But I'm gonna go on a quick rant about trades, and not just you know that person, but just trades in general. Like, if you're going to offer a trade if you're looking to trade if you're the person that's initiating the trade like for instance me today reaching out like dick chubb was my number one pick and i lost my number one pick you know to a season ending injury so now i have to go and do the work of finding a replacement or two to kind of make up for those points because obviously like i'm at a disadvantage in my running back position so you know i have to reach out to some of the guys in the league who might have a little bit um who overdrafted on running backs 
and maybe they're down a receiver or down a tight end or some other position that I can offer them. So, you know, I reach out to these guys and, uh, I mean, just because my, my number one pick got injured doesn't mean that like I'm some easy target that I'm going to just fire sale my team. Like, first of all, like if you're, if you receive a trade, obviously try to be fair. You know, we're not trying to take advantage of people. Um, the league that Brian and I play in is, is pretty competitive. So everybody kind of knows their stuff. It's not like somebody knowing their stuff, but then actually applying it are two different things. So a lot of people in this league know their stuff, but not all of them apply it. So, um, you know, like you, you can't be trading players from their value like two years ago. Like if they were a top, you know, 10 running back two years ago, but over the past two years, you know, they've landed outside the top 20. You can't try to sell them as a, uh, top 10 running back. Like, yeah, they might have that upside, but come on, like you can't be selling the player at prices two years ago. Um, second of all, like don't, if you're like in first place, second place, and somebody reaches out to you for a trade, like don't try to take them for all, all their, all their money. Like, just you know, say that you don't you, you they don't have anything that they can offer you at the moment. Like you're not interested. Like don't try to take their best player for like your fourth running back. Like that's just disrespect. Like when somebody says, "Oh, like for the right price, you can have my fourth string running back or my fourth running back that I don't even play that's on my bench." Like come on, man. Like be real. I do that though and, sometimes. <laughs> and, and lastly. Like, you know, if you know for a fact, like, you're not interested in any of the players on the team, like, just straight out say, like, you're not interested. Don't don't lead the person on and, and make them wait. And, you know, because when I'm sending out trade offers or I'm looking for a player, like, I'm sending multiple, you know, texts and multiple communications to different people. And I'm trying to work to see what deals I can get. Right. I'm basically shopping. And so like if I'm waiting for somebody to get back to me on if they're interested or not, like now that puts me having to wait for other things, you know, like maybe I might reach out to this person or that person or I have this deal pending, but maybe I like I want this other person more, but they're they're taking their time to reach back out to me. Like try to, you know, return the communication within a reasonable amount of time because nothing's worse than like waiting the full day just for that person to just basically say, nah, like I'm good. Like, come on. Like you probably knew that already at the beginning. Like, it's cool. Like it's not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Um, you know, and not only that, but like the longer that they wait. And if you're the one sending the trade, like you might just have to say, you know what, this guy's or this person is taking too long. Like I'm going to have to just go with this other deal because, you know, time is of the essence because there can be breaking news that like changes the things, changes the whole scenario and now you're having to pay like double the price or, you know, maybe the price drops on somebody. So like, obviously when you trade, you're trading to improve your team, but at the same time, you can't make an offer that like, as the person making the offer, you can't make an offer that's going to like totally like make the other team worse. Like you got to find some middle ground. And I think one thing that Brian told me that I've always kept in mind is that every trade, you're not going to 100% win. Like, Sometimes you're going to come out of it a little worse, but you're going to fill the hole that you needed to fill. So like if I can't get, you know, the player I want, you know, at the price I want and I have to pay a little extra, like sometimes it's worth paying that little extra because you're going to fill that void and you're going to have that player for, you know, the rest of the season or until you trade them. So like sometimes it, it, it does make sense to like, oh, you know what? Yes, this player that they're asking for is a little bit better in value than the player that I need. 
But if I have enough, you know, players in the wide receiver position, for instance, to cover that, you know, trade, to cover that loss of that player, like it's worth kind of downgrading a little bit to upgrade in a position mm-hmm. that you're you're needing a lot more. So um, those are just things, you know, that, that came to mind today. And um, I just needed to get those off my chest. So if people send you a trade, you know, be responsive. Don't freaking lead them on. If you're not interested, straight up say, you know what, at this time I'm not interested. I, I'm, you know, or you don't have any players that I'm interested in right now, and then move on. Like, mm-hmm. don't waste people's time. Um, I think that's one thing that always bothers me every year. Um, and then obviously, you know, there's those who who make these trades that make no sense as far as value goes. But that's a different topic for a different day. But uh, um, speaking okay. of trades, yes, the Rams are apparently shopping Cam Akers. Yes, they are. Look at that segue I just did there. I was thinking about it the entire time you were going through your thing. All right. So so sometimes I feel like on my apps, I get updated pretty promptly. But for some reason, Sunday morning, I was not notified of the Cam Akers thing until legit like 10.01. Like, I don't know if maybe it was like 9:58 9:59 was probably sent out but for some reason I didn't check until like 10:01 cuz you know I'm looking at other stuff at that time and so I got stuck with a bunch of cam maker stock in different leagues of me trying to figure out a way to now replace him when I already have all these 10 a.m. play like we're on the west coast so if you're on the east coast it's 1 p.m. for you 10 a.m. players locked in already. Not only locked into my starting lineup, but locked into my bench. So I can't just like wave them and bring somebody else in. Like, so I'm now trying to figure out a way to replace Cam. And I and I am someone who has fantasy football integrity and feels like I have to play a player in the position, regardless of how well I think they're going to do. So now I have to wave some person on my bench to bring in. Royce Freeman or somebody else to start in for start for Cam Akers, who I don't even think Royce Freeman played a snap. I just wanted to throw that out there, <laughs> but on how my Sunday morning went in terms of that, I still think I sneaked out a win in one of my dynasty leagues that I had Cam Akers supposedly going to start in, and then I replaced him with someone who didn't play, but technically they were available. And but uh, so. Karen Williams starting running back moving forward for the Rams. The Rams are now shopping Cam Akers. This is a take that I happen to have wrong in the offseason. I I I I assumed the Rams and Cam Akers, with all the hostility and the situation, all the tension they had last year, that if they were gonna go into this season with him as their RB one, that they would have figured all that out by now. <laughs> like you don't have the season you had with Cam Makers last year and then go into a completely another season with that situation and not have it resolved. I am surprised because I feel I feel like the Rams organization is better than that. Like they don't mind being worse <laughs> if it means that they get rid of what I would consider that they think is a toxic player. The the, the report I got is that he was not fitting into the Rams culture, quote unquote. And that can mean so many things. Though. Right. And this is two, but this is now two seasons. And I was optimistic that they've had this stuff resolved. So now apparently the report is from Sean McVay, several teams 
They've called several teams about a trade. The difference between this year and last year is last year they feel like he's still a, probably an elite running back that they could probably get a lot of value in return. This year with all the situa- with all that's happened and the fact that he didn't play a lot and he does have his own injury history, I'm assuming that now they're willing to accept lower value to get him off the books. So, I don't know, I'm assuming that's like a fifth or sixth round pick. The only other situations that I think that would be that would consider a Cam Akers situation would be like the Ravens, for example. They they just like to stack up their backfield, and to be honest, they lost J.K. Dobbins. I was thinking the Colts that the Rams wanted to swap Acres for Jonathan Taylor, and then you know, like a like a package that you're probably gonna have to add more, maybe even a first round pick to get Jonathan Taylor. But do the Rams have a first round pick? Like I think they have one next year. <laughs> oh, next year. Okay, so. So they're just going to get rid of that already? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, but I think they're going to the, – the expectation was that they're going to be bad, which means it was going to be a really good first-round pick. Now I don't know if they're trying to still lose or not. But another situation now, though, would be the Browns too. <laughs> you know, like there's plenty of situations in the league where people are losing running backs and Cam Akers is now available. So that's the only way I can see the Rams getting a lot of value for Cam Akers right now. But in terms of fantasy football, yeah, he's he's done. You're moving on to Williams. It, it, it's a done deal. Uh, Cam Akers' stock for the rest of the season depends on where he gets shipped. If he, if he gets to a crowded backfield, then he, he has very little value, in my opinion. But he's still extremely talented, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I agree. I say if you have room on your bench to stash him, at least for another week or two, see where things kind of, uh, you know, tread towards and at that point you know if he's not picked up by another team i i would say drop him i i think the tricky thing too not tricky but i think the rams have him officially rolled out moving forward which means you could probably put him in ir spot Mm. so you it should be pretty easy to stash him if you need to like Uh, are they just gonna have him as inactive yeah i think so Right, think, right now he's still that, out. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you could stash him in your IR spot, you know, with that technicality, then mm-hmm. I mean, I would stash him for a week or two if I had him. Yeah. You want to move on to booms? Let's move on to booms and bussing. <laughs> um. You go first so, with your boom. Yeah. Let me go first with my boom, and I'm gonna make a total 180 from week one. Because mm-hmm. I had this guy as my bust in week one. But with the recent, you know, injuries to wide receivers and um, obviously the opponent they're playing, I'm going with Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders as my boom this week. I think this is his get right game. He's going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, obviously, their defense isn't very good. Uh, well, I don't want to say very good at running, but. Um, they're they're okay run defense. I mean, as you saw, like the the Browns were able to run on them. The Forty ers were able to run on them. So, I think uh, the Raiders would be able will be able to run on them. And this is where Josh Jacobs, you know, makes his comeback into running back one status. Obviously, he has had some trouble the last couple of weeks, but he's got a couple games under his belt now. I think the offense will be a little better. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills are a really good team. Um, their defense is really good. But I think this is a get-right game for Josh Jacobs. Uh, obviously, you know, Devontae Adams is dealing with his own injury. He's not in concussion protocol. That's good. 
but uh, I think he tweaked his ankle as well. And then mm-hmm. you have Jacoby Myers, who um, I'm not sure if he's been cleared yet to come back from his concussion protocol, but um, obviously he's dealing with that. So um, there's going to be you know some injuries there in the Raiders' uh, offense. So I think they'll lean heavily on Josh Jacobs, and if they can get a lead, I, I think they'll play you know possession football and they'll they'll run the clock out with you know running running plays. I like that a lot. When when I was considering my boom pick, Josh Jacobs did cross my mind. I was like, you know what? Especially he had negative two yards rushing last week. He was like, he's got to do better than that, right? So uh, when it comes to my boom, and like, let's go over the criteria real quick just to make sure we're all on the same page, right? Us and listeners. For a boom, it would be there is... An ex, there's a projected expectation for that player in terms of points and performance, right? And for it to boom, it has to significantly get past that. And for it to be a bust, they have to significantly uh, be lower than their projected points slash performance, correct? Correct. So for my boom, and I think I picked this player to bust at some point, Brees Hall. Now, he he had an absolute dud last week. I think last week against the Dallas Cowboys, who on I guess on paper is one of the best defenses in the league, I still need to see them play real competition before I, <laughs> I, can, I say that they're one of the best defenses in the league. A Giants team and a Jets team without Aaron Rodgers, I'm not quite sure yet, right? But it's a, it's a very solid defense. They're going to go down as one of the better defenses this year. Brees Hall had a dud. He said one of the reasons why they lost is because he didn't get the ball. And I think the the New York Jets are going to actually make an effort to make sure he his volume's up, his touches are up. Not just his, but I think Delvin Cook's too. You know, honestly, Delvin Cook looked bad that game. He did. He looks he looked slow. He looked like he didn't. He looked like he didn't practice all week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he he didn't show up. Yeah, it was bad. I think he fumbled uh, like. Um, you know, he has some fumbling issues. Uh, yeah, he just, you know, he just doesn't look like the same Delvin that we're accustomed to. So this this is, this is like, I think, the catch-22 with my pick. Because, you know what, we pick these booms and busts not because we think they're safe picks to pick. We pick them because we actually think we're, at, we're I don't want to say outside the box, but we're thinking, like, you know what, not many people might think of this play, right? Bill Belichick, though, is one of the smartest coaches in the game. He had if you if you look at some of your best fantasy players in history, whenever they played in New England Patriots, he would basically hone in on trying to make sure that player does not perform and that player does not beat them. So like there there was times where like I had LaShawn McCoy and they, they played the Patriots twice a year and then they would just shut him down. Might be a similar situation where Bill Belichick might try to make sure like the Jets can't run and Zach Wilson is forced to throw the ball, but. The catch twenty two of that is Zach Wilson just can't get, throw the ball, so, so so the Jets are going to have to use the running game. And although the Patriots' offenses look good, they haven't looked like they've been absolute dominant. Which I still think it's going to be a low scoring game, which still will allow the Jets to run the ball and not be forced to pass the ball like in the third and fourth quarter. And even if they do, Brees Hall's a decent enough uh, pass catcher to get through that. So my boom's Brees Hall. Yeah, no, that's a good take. And, I mean, they couldn't stop the run. You know, they couldn't stop Miami. Right. Uh, Miami beat them pretty hard on the ground. So, um, no, that's a good take. I'm hoping that, you know, Garrett Wilson can can have a decent game. And hopefully Zach Wilson can have a decent game. But, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath or else I'd be dead. So, um, 
I heard this. I heard this. Uh, this uh, what's the word? This uh, analogy or this this comparison that Shannon Sharp said on on first take. It's first take, right? That's what yeah. He's, he's on first take now. So he said that Zach Wilson couldn't play dead in a horror movie. <laughs> and I thought that was like the most funniest thing I've ever heard. And, um, you know, like I'm just I, honestly, the Jets, they're really shooting themselves in the foot right now. Like they need to be making these calls. They need to find a, a quarterback that is competent enough to, you know, get the ball to the receivers. I mean, Gardner Minshew looked good. He he's a backup quarterback. Like trade for him. Trade for trade for Jacoby Brissett. I mean, we had this conversation already, but yeah, the fact and I get it. You know, they played the Buffalo Bills, they played the Dallas Cowboys. You know, they go into New England. If Zach Wilson doesn't have a minute better game, like if he just looks as bad as he's looked, the Jets really have to consider a quarterback. Like I'll put it to you like this, and I, I I mean this with all due respect. Like there's been plenty of quarterbacks that have at least been decent game managers, like and they've been able to at least game script through a game to help them win. You know, it helps when they have a decent defense. It helps when you have other weapons. Like Zach Wilson's bare minimum right now is just 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 manage the game, follow the game script, and hopefully the other players bail you out. And if you guys could go 10 and 7 and make the playoffs and then Aaron Rodgers on mushrooms and like adrenaline come back for the playoffs then there you go but I I don't think he's gonna make I don't think that's gonna happen but I don't know if you saw those reports that Aaron Rodgers wants to try to come back for the playoffs but yeah yeah he's just he's just he's just making that up uh okay so I gotta say this before we move on mm -hmm. the time of possession in the Dallas Cowboys New York Jets game, Dallas had a total time of possession of forty-two minutes and fifteen seconds. Can you guess how much time the Jets had? It's the opposite of that. <laughs> Which is <laughs> I don't know. My my brain's not working. <laughs> Seventeen minutes and forty-five seconds. You're never gonna win a football game if you're like three times. If the mm -hmm. opponent has three times the you know, time of possession that you have, like Jets, like you guys work too damn hard to be this good. Obviously, like your defense is good, but they're not that good because you you know you couldn't hold them, couldn't mm -hmm. hold them from scoring. Right, you lost because the, the offense can't put up points. You're losing because the offense can't put up points. I know they're one and one and they beat the Bills, but they didn't beat the Bills. Josh Allen beat the Bills, and so. <laughs> They really need to think about a quarterback, and and that's my take on that. But yeah, if you're if you're if you're counting on winning games with a punt return to win at the end in OT, then it's not going to be a good season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's move on here to our bus. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bus. So I'm about to bus right now with this player. Um, I know he's getting all the hype. We talked about him earlier, Jerome Ford from the Cleveland Browns. Yes, he's the hottest waiver wire pickup this week, but I think you need to temper expectations. He's not going to go out there and, and put up, you know, uh, I'm going to say a 15-plus point game because he is playing the Tennessee Titans, and the Titans have held the last two teams in check when it comes to rushing. Um, you know, they held Jamal Williams and the Saints to, like, 50 yards. They held uh, the Chargers last week 
the way to beat the Titans is not on the ground, it's through the air. And so the Cleveland Browns have struggled passing the ball in the last couple games, so they're going to have to show up this time. But my bus is Jerome Ford. Um, I wanted to throw in a little nugget too because James Conner, I Mm -hmm. think, is going to bust this week. They're playing the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Cowboys, it looks like they're ha- they have an easy schedule because mm-hmm. you know they started off with the Giants and they went to the Rogerless Jets and now they're playing the um, Are you tanking or not tanking Arizona Cardinals? And so you know I think they're gonna they're gonna be really dominant and they're gonna you know the Cardinals are gonna have to throw the ball. So if anything, if there's a bright spot in the Cardinals, it might be Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. I think he might come out with a good amount of fantasy points in this game. Um, I wouldn't expect it, but it's a possibility. The the Cowboys do have a cupcake ass schedule to start the season off, huh? <laughs> if you really yeah. think about it, like they're gonna look good. It's gonna be hard for teams like uh, the Commanders, and I guess not the Eagles. The Eagles will be fine, but like these teams that are like you know and trying to compete in the NFC East to keep the step up. But uh, my bus, you know, I'm I'm. I don't know if this is wild or not based on the first two weeks because, but I'm going to, you know, we don't make these selections because we think they're safe. I think Jamar Chase is going to bust. He's going to bust. I, I, I'm not super high on the Ram secondary, but the one, and I know like there's not probably a quanta quantified way to say this, but like the Rams have been extremely competitive defensively the last two weeks yeah the 49ers in some aspects had their way with the Rams secondary but the game was still within a couple scores in the fourth quarter and this Cincinnati Bengals offense for some reason has not showed us anything in the first two weeks so this is probably the week that you could count on Jamar Chase to finally uh be successful but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a third straight week and a bro can't move in that pocket and you have Aaron Donald just (laughs) getting in his face all day like I think they might struggle to to pass the ball down the field, and if so, it might not be the secondary necessarily keeping Jamar Chase and this Bengals offense, but it might be the defensive line in the front seven of the Rams that you can name maybe two players on that front seven, and the rest are just like fifth round draft picks. But I I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow doesn't seem like he's confident moving, so I I think the Bengals may struggle again, and. Jamar Chase, who should be projected to get double digit points, he may he I think he'll do a little better than he has been, but he still might not get double digits. That's a very uh, bold take. I'm a bold guy. <laughs> so All right. let's go to out of the stadium. You know, like I said, at this point in week three, there's not a whole lot of sleepers, so we're going out of the stadium. And I have a special treat because I'm literally going outside of the stadium, like out so much out of the stadium. This guy doesn't have a team. I'm going with Kareem Hunt <laughs> as as my out of the stadium pick. I'm I I I think by the end of this week he may sign with a team. Now I might be a week too soon on this. Like maybe it's a next week thing. But next week if he were to sign with a team, I don't think he'd be considered an out of a stadium pick. I think he would be considered a boom bust person. So I feel like I have to step I have to step up and do it a week prior. I think he'll sign with a team. I'm predicting it might be the Browns because he's already familiar with the team. He just, you know, he comes back, becomes RB one B, maybe R B one A. I don't know. But I think it's Cream Hunt. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns sign him. Um and then they're back to doing, you know, two 
two series with uh, Ford, one series with Hunt. Like they go back to that game plan. Like yeah, you know, and and then we're back at what we were last year. But that's a very, very not even on the same continent <laughs> pick there. <laughs> um, mine's not as spicy as that. But my out of the stadium pick is Jalen Warren from the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers. Um, Najee Harris has looked not very good the last couple games. And Jalen Warren has actually looked really good. And so I think that um, if you start Jalen Warren this week, you're going to be rewarded. Um, this is the other side of that Raiders-Pittsburgh game. So he's going up against a, a not-so-good Raiders defense. I mean, James Cook ran all over him last week. You had uh, Damian Harris and um, Latavius Murray score touchdowns, you know, within the 10-yard line. So I think, you know, Jalen Warren is due for a, you know, decent game, 15-plus fantasy points. I saw a tweet. I forgot who it was, but they said something on the lines of, like, Najee Harris looks like he's trying to run for one yard. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not a big Twitter guy, but... You know, I do go on there and, and, you know, since we're fantasy football based, I do look at all the fantasy football tweets and everything. And since most of our followers are fantasy football, you know, base, like there are some hilarious memes and, mm-hmm. and things on there that just, I, <laughs> I, I, I would never be that creative to be able to make, but they are really good. Yeah. That's, that's why we do a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we do a podcast so we could just talk about our thoughts because I can't write them into a, a tweet form. Yeah. Do you have any juicy matchups? I know we didn't discuss it before the pod. <laughs> I, I did come up well, with one. My juicy matchup last week was very, very dry. <laughs> it was it was dry chicken when I wanted it to be, you know, juicy chicken. So, um if I had to pick a game that I think is going to be high scoring, actually, if you have one already, go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll circle back around with one. I think it's going to be the Chargers and the Vikings. Both of them have very sketchy defenses slash secondaries and both have very high caliber offenses. Uh, but if this is like anything like uh, the juicy matches from last week, I think we're going to both be disappointed for some reason. But I, I think it's I think it's going to be juicy. I think everyone's going to. Everyone, I think there's going to at least be three double-digit performers on each team. I was hoping that you wouldn't say that that matchup because, you know, I'm going against a lot of Vikings this week. Mm. And so I was hoping that, you know, maybe that, yeah, maybe they'll settle down this week. Because I said it, they're going to do good. And <laughs> yeah, now that you said it, now it's going to be an off-the-rails game. Uh, I'm going to kind of go sideways here. I'm going to take the Bills and Commanders. I like to it. be a juicy matchup. The commanders have put up points the last two weeks. I mean, they looked good last week against the Denver Broncos. Um, and the bills, obviously, you know, they're, they're the bills. They're good. So they're going to put up points. Um, I won't be surprised if it, you know, comes down to a field goal or a touchdown, you know, a one score or one possession um, difference at the end of the game. And I'm going to take it to the mid twenties for each team. I, I think that the commanders, can run the ball on the bills and I think they can throw the ball. So I, I think they're going to keep up with the bills. Um, this, that's a hot take, right? Like mm-hmm. commanders. Um, so I think that's a juicy matchup, you know, fantasy wise. I think all fantasy players in that, in that matchup are going to have good games. 
So let's just say I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw something at you, and I, I hope I say this right because I, I thought of it on the fly. Sam Howell will have a difference of how many points with Josh Allen? How many points do you think he'll have less than Josh Allen, or even more than Josh Allen? I think he'll have six points less than Josh Allen. Okay. Give me 22, 22 points for Sam Howell and 28 points for Josh Allen. I respect it. Write it down. <laughs> yeah, I'm writing this down. Well, that brings us here to the end of our, our show today. Um I'm still sad about all the injuries, to be honest uh, with you. Like, I've been dealing with some myself, and I feel like I'm in, I'm in a pretty deep hole in a lot of my leagues right now. <laughs> yeah, I had to turn off the TV yesterday when Chubb went down. Like, I, I, I'm at this point where I'm like, should I even host a fantasy football podcast with the way I've been managing my teams? <laughs> yeah, if you if you had to show it, – it's going to be like, um, you know, how everybody said, hey, Trump, show your taxes. Now they're going to be like, hey, Brian <laughs> – Show your fantasy team scores. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to. It's like all those all those preseason uh, standings that said I was going to get in, that I was going to go in last place. So far, they're right. So <laughs> surprisingly, in the league that matters, I'm two and zero, um, and you know I'm 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 excited about that. But I'm going up against the juggernaut this week, the guy who's been putting up like 140 points the last two weeks. So. I'm hoping that matchups are in my favor, you know, and uh, we'll see what happens. But let the people know where they can find us on the social media. You can find us on X at OT Fantasy F Ball. Please stop by. We're going to let you know when this episode drops. Comment on it. Tell us how bad our takes were. Tell us how brave our takes were if you want to. Uh, and you know what? You can find on our podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Google, Spotify, Apple, some desktop feature. You know, leave a comment, subscribe, let us know how we're doing. We love any feedback, even if it's negative, we appreciate it. Yeah, we, we really enjoy doing this podcast. I love fantasy football. The emotional roller coaster that is fantasy football. Like always, we're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to try and bring you these hot, spicy takes every week. We'll see you guys on the next one. Good luck this week. Bye.